0: On this, on this episode of japan
1: 2.0
0: i closed my eyes i hit a button and it was doing something and it was not flushing yeah. <laughs>
2: Two, 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 point, 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 point. Oh, oh. Hello and welcome to Japan. 2.0 coming at ya from the Family Mart. What would you call this? The uh, Kyoto Family Mart. There's only one, so yeah. you know you got <laughs> you got to come here. What <laughs> area we are? It's pretty rare in Japan. Uh, Matt and I used to live in Korea. Many of you will know. And one of the coolest parts of Korea is all the convenience stores have a little patio. Oh, yeah, we're on the patio of the Family Mart and. Um, We're under an umbrella, they have a nice parasol here to keep us protected from the elements. So it's, uh, you know, really nice in Japan. It can kind of be hard to find a spot to sit down sometimes. Sometimes you will have to like walk around a while and, you know, in a place like Kyoto, even shops get crowded where it's hard to find a seat inside the shop sometimes. So uh, it's really nice to find one of these. It's, you know, I think every city you can kind of find one or two, but you really have to look around. So Matt and I have found the opportunity. It's uh, about 9 a.m. here. Got our morning voices i feel like my, my voice is an octave lower you know still yeah mine needs to loosen up
0: a bit too um i'm gonna try to drink this coffee this standard blend coffee which yeah. I, i'm well this is gonna be uh, i'm gonna segue to a segment of a show and it. uh, it's gonna be called here. japan 2.0 hacks uh early in the oh, episode I got, early yeah, yeah, yeah. I got an early hack so um i guess it's not really a hack but it, it's a review of um Family Mart's new coffee, which I think is actually a big improvement over their previous blend.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, previously, in previous podcasts, we've talked about which, which have our favorite coffees. Mm-hmm. And um, Lawson's and, and Family Mart were always low on the list for me. 7-Eleven has had the, you know... Reign Supreme. Rain Supreme. And uh, I still believe they do, but um, Family Mart just recently switched to Standard Blend and
2: yeah i
0: thought i think it's much better speaking of that <coughs> the
2: person next to us has 7-eleven coffee at the family mart Patty oh that's Patio. a big that's <laughs> a big taboo <laughs> that'll show you you know how good 11 coffee is so they've upgraded huh yeah yeah it's a big improvement over their previous uh coffees, so yeah while you're I on would recommend while you're on the hack I'll, I'll add to your hack i think i've talked about this before on the show but uh, Matt's giving me a travel tip of how to save money, and Matt and I are on vacation right now, technically, we're out in Kyoto, we stayed the night out here at a hotel, um, and his tip is don't eat breakfast out, and to just get at the convenience store, and you'll save a lot of money, then you're only buying two meals out per day, and I think that's a really good tip. What did that coffee run you, $2? No, 100 yen. 100 yen, there yeah. you go. If you go to any other, you know, cafe, you're gonna pay probably five, and, uh, we just got a croissant, an almond croissant, which doesn't quite meet our highest standards of almond croissants, but it's okay. <laughs> and that's not from a, a commute store. We found that at like a local bakery. And that was $2. So we just brought that here in the patio. We're having our $3 breakfast out with the pigeons. If, and, if uh, your almond croissant does not have the almond paste in the middle, it's not it, a true almond croissant. You're doing sauce. it wrong. Yeah, yeah. These, these ones don't. I get really good almond croissants in Japan, actually. Mm. I've been out to like Paris and stuff, you know, I, I think they're comparable. Um, but yeah this this one is not it. Anybody that
0: knows me really well knows I'm
2: an aficionado of something called almond
0: bread, which is <laughs> it's a pastry you could get at supermarkets and um, sometimes seven eleven or family Mart will do them mm. and they're these really dense almond almond cakes or almond cookie cookie like cakes that are really delicious and they scratch the itch that almond. Croissants, scratch too, mm. you know, and vice versa, you know,
2: yeah. um, this we introduce ourselves, no. I think I'm, I'm Matt, I think I'm David, <laughs> um, yeah, this episode is all about awkward moments, faux pas in Japan, what do you want to title this one? Oh yeah, well, I,
0: I was thinking maybe embarrassing moments mm-hmm. and uncomfortable situations, yes, how, do, how does that sound? Yeah, it
2: sounds good, um, from ourselves and things that we've seen maybe other people get into, I'll, I'll say to kind of give precedent, no matter where I live in the world, I've always felt I get in more awkward situations than the average person. I don't know if everyone feels this way, you know? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I always feel the things that happen to me. I wonder if this is normal, if other people feel this way, or, you know, I get inside my own head a lot, I think, and I kind of, like, overanalyze things a little too much, and I, I often feel awkward. So, if what we say makes you anxious or something, if you don't live here, you know? And you're thinking, oh, man, I shouldn't go there. I'm gonna, there's a lot of rules. I'm going to be judged. At least for me, remember that I would feel this way anyway in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would probably be... Um, I'm a little less
0: anxious, I think, um, in most situations. And I'm pretty good at, like, rolling with the punches. So if I do something pretty silly or pretty stupid, I'm just, like, throw my hands in the air and say, well, I guess that's what I did.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you know, and I, I have to live with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't... I don't I try to get it out of my head as soon as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. And luckily, and probably mercifully, my memory is not that great. So I, I tend, I tend to forget these things. Actually, even though this was my idea for an episode, uh, I was having a hard time thinking of some really good, uh, embarrassing stories. Um, and I know I've had them. I, 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 there's no way. I'm such a clumsy clumsy person innate by nature I know I've done so many stupid things but um, it's one of those things where uh, yeah, I just, just don't remember it, you know, and like I said my brain is must be merciful in that way <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's protecting well, me from like constantly
2: thinking I'm an idiot I think we did a lot of research before coming to Japan you know, or we just we knew as much about the culture as you could before you lived somewhere so I think that helps, you know I think um, if you do come here, go anywhere for that matter, and you don't read about like cultural differences and things like that, it'd be really easy. I just kind of give one example for girls. Like, I think there's a reversal here in like showing skin, and that back home in Western countries, probably the most scandalous thing you could do would be wearing something really short, like a short skirt or short shorts. You know, oh, maybe that's changing, but growing up at least I remember that was more scandalous than like um, showing cleavage but out here in Asia pretty normal top you know that I think you could even wear to like work back home at a lot of places like low cut like V in the front you know um, wouldn't you know be I mean, you get people staring at you here you know for sure if you're wearing mm-hmm. it um, I know like for my life wife at least we've been living in Asia for like 10 years now but you know same rule applied in Korea and I remember kind of I think it took her a while before she started, you know, adapting to that. You know, yeah. She kind of was like, no, whatever. I'm gonna. She was, I think, cut back on it, but still, even her cutting back still would get stares and stuff. You know. Yeah. And now, but, now she definitely like, maybe it's our age too. You know, we're getting older too. But um. there, are, there are a lot of cultural
0: differences, but um a ton of unspoken rules. Yeah. that you know
2: you might not necessarily know and it might make you it might put you in awkward situations yeah again, for like example no one's gonna like kick you out or say you can't come in dressed this way but if you might not be comfortable with the older man staring and staring at you you know yeah and that's the uncomfortable kind of situation it's not a rule but well and you can find these all, all through daily life and in different places
0: uh, uh one example which i know we were going to bring up at some point was uh uh, walking with food yeah like walking while eating mm-hmm. um you know that's pretty taboo and it, you could have somebody come up to you and and tell you you know like oh please stop and you know stop and eat um that
2: doesn't happen very often i think you just mostly get bad looks yeah, I like do dirty a, looks it's one of the ones that i just can't deal with conforming to um i break this rule a lot of times yeah too. I, I like multitasking a lot i I don't know. I don't want to say I'm a busy person or anything, but yeah, it does take a lot more time to sit down and eat something. And especially, like I said, there's not a lot of places to sit down and eat things in Japan. I'm always thinking like, where can I, where is socially acceptable for me to sit down and eat this? Cause you'll find a temple or something. Mm-hmm. Those are some of the fewer places that have open spaces where you can sit down. Then I'm like, well, is it acceptable to eat food here at a temple where people are worshiping? That doesn't feel right to me, you know, which, um, yeah, I would say you should, probably shouldn't do. I, I do think that is one of those social rules. Unless there's a Matsudi there or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: There are occasions where eating is normal there. But in general, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, so it's just like, well, what am I supposed to do? And they do make it hard because then there's no garbage cans anywhere. So oftentimes when I am walking and eating, I'm sitting there with a wrapper in my hand like this. Oh, um, nice I, holy where I, I often find myself holding garbage and a lot of that is yes there's no garbage cans but also because i am at place i'm eating where i'm not supposed to be eating and yeah. if you are eating where you're supposed to be eating like there's a garbage can at this convenience store where we're eating now um you'll, you'll find those garbage cans you know? right a-
0: as you go on you'll you'll learn where the garbage cans are located but it does take some time <laughs> at first you'll you'll be definitely scrambling to find a a convenient trash can
2: yeah i always thought it'd be a good <clears throat> app by the way Oh, near, a trash the can app? Yeah, yeah, can yeah. Or, but you know Or a bathroom,
0: too, you, know you know what? They'd start moving the trash cans, yeah, So true, true.
2: You know, in some places like Kyoto, they move the trash cans in- indoors. Yeah, so at the convenience stores, at the bigger locations are really busy locations. Yeah. Um, they put the yeah, the trash can indoors, and they're often smaller than two. It's like the the whole, you know, you couldn't fit like a bag full of garbage, like a shopping bag or something, you know? Yeah.
0: If, if it was tourism all the time, you know, then... All the, be- uh, all the trash cans would be overflowing all the time. Like
2: in a place like here in Kyoto, you know, people would yeah. just be tossing things all, yeah, all the time. I want to add to that, like eating on a train. I, there's a lot of weird nuances with that one as far as, you know, what I've asked around for. is like if it's a rapid train, um, you know, it's, it's okay. Like a rapid, yeah. like the rapid line, like the, Va- does it stop faster, it everywhere? Yeah, yeah, faster ones. Okay. The seats are facing forward, I think, is the difference. So there's a little more privacy where you'd have like two people together. Rather than on a local train, it's like a long bench, so you wouldn't be kind of like turned to the side, like have your own little privacy. For sure, drinking alcohol, um, you're you know, not socially acceptable to do on a local train. Yeah. But if you are one of those rapids, you know, forward facing seats, to so like two people, it's, it's somewhat acceptable to um, drink alcohol. For whatever reason, Shinkansen, all bets are off. Shinkansen, yeah, do they, whatever they sell, you like. <laughs> they sell bentos, you just hear people nonstop yeah. crack, cracking open. Drinks. I, I often have a highball on a Shinkansen. And- it's a bit a, it's of a, tra- a bit of tradition, a tradition for, me, yeah. for like everyone, I think, is to crack into a beer on the Shinkansen. Yeah. Um, so it's really weird that those other slower trains, you know, it's it's not normal. Granted, you will, if you're coming home at rush hour, you're going to see at least one generally older guy this is this stereotype uh, cracking into some kind of alcoholic beverage. But, you know, I do see people like, he'll be like the last person people want to sit next to it, it looks like usually, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've seen th- I've Those seen are my, my ones that I kind of, those are the only ones I can think of that I purposely break. I'll drink a beer on a local train as long as I'm not in my own neighborhood. So if I'm in my own neighborhood, because it is socially unacceptable, and if I do see people from my work and stuff, I don't want to be judged by them, you know? <laughs> but if I'm out here in Kyoto like this and I want, want a beer, I'll, I'll, I'll drink it on the train. Yeah, uh, I don't care. I don't,
0: mind, I don't mind taking a drink. I think taking a drink and walking is a little more acceptable than, than uh, eating. For whatever reason, eating
2: seems to be a a big uh, taboo. It could be messier crumbs. And sometimes, you know, I am eating and I drop some, like, sauce over the ground in the streets. Some onegidit. Your onigiri onigiri is falling
0: apart, you know. The streets
2: here are quite clean and it hits the ground. And I'm like, this is why. This is why we can't have nice things. It's because idiots like me who are eating and walking. I will say I definitely (coughs) do pick it up, though. Where if I was back home, honestly, and I dropped some, like, sauce in the street, I would just be like, nah, whatever. Yeah. We're here because I know I'm kind of breaking the rule. I do make sure to pick it up. Um, anything else on that? Well, um, just to get one more big one
0: out of the way, before we go into, like, our own personal stories... Uh talking on trains is also pretty taboo and um a lot of times speaking a foreign language just seems to like great people more you know well i don't know like i I see a lot of on my commute i see a lot of teenage kids Mm -hmm. that come on the train and they're they're talking really loudly and um and these are high school students at the japanese high schools and middle schools or colleges and um and I've I've seen old women and an old man go up to them, <laughs> tell them and off. tell them, yeah, yeah, you need to be quiet in the mm. train. And sometimes they just like ignore them, or sometimes you know they're like, oh, sorry, 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 you know. Mm. It just really depends on the, the teens that they choose, you know. Yeah. And um, but um, a lot of foreigners I know, and I haven't particularly had this problem because probably because I I try to, you know, be a little more respectful and quiet mm. on the on the trains. Um, I've heard of a lot of groups of people being asked to be quiet on the train yeah. and taking, you know, offense to it.
2: <laughs> well, I will say again, all these rules are there's so many nuances to them because if you take like a last train or like a late night train home and you're in like a particular like downtown area, just, the trains from Sanami back to my house at nighttime are all oh, it's yeah, like being yeah. in a bar or something, you know, and it breaks all these <clears> Japanese <throat> rules and no talking on the subway. What well, if you are coming home at six p.m., seven p.m., and everyone's coming home from work? It's definitely dead silent. Or in the morning commute, yeah. silence like like church. You know, like it's Once it's crazy.
0: I think there's some reasoning behind it. I think that it has to do with um, people wanting to have some peace in their commute mm-hmm. because I mean they are commuting every day. They're you know riding these trains and yeah, some people commute two hours of work. You know, yeah, so
2: and it can be stressful,
0: rest, yeah. right? And so this is your chance to take a break read a book you know read your phone uh be you know be mindful of uh the people around you you know mm. and make sure that they're having a, a comfortable journey as well
2: yeah, especially
0: yeah. in like a train that's packed in where you know everybody's together in one you know one small location
2: mm. packed like sardines in the tin you know that's right i think it, you gotta just read the read your environment but <coughs> i will say it's a pet peeve of mine when kind of large group of you know, tourists or some of those foreigners get on a train and like, it is it one of those quiet trains and they're just being louder. They talk across the aisles, you know, there's yeah. like people in between standing and stuff or, um, yeah, that, that can kind of great me living here. Like I'm not the type of person to ever tell anyone to be quiet, but I think it in my head and those are the ones I think it in my head too, you know? Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, that's a common one. Uh, talking on the phone is also, it's the same rule.
2: You shouldn't do it on the train. Yeah. Again, you'll see people do it. Sometimes yeah. old, older older guys are the ones I can think of.
0: But don't be that person, yeah, you yeah, know?
2: Yeah. Don't be that person. Yeah. Um, yeah, so those are some of the big ones, you know, that um, that we see kind of often or every day or we, I think we kind of deal with a lot, you know? Yeah. But over our years living here, you know, there's been some, some kind of funny stories that we've gotten into where we've kind of had to learn these rules perhaps or... Um, I don't even know if they were like a rule, but just some situation I got into that was kind of a one-off, you know, that that definitely felt like a fish out of water, you know, being a foreigner. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll start with probably my most obvious one. I don't know how many stories I had to tell for this episode, but when you mentioned it to me, this is the one that came up. Um, A lot of mine deal with language and, you know, not speaking the language. It's a very interesting situation, I think, to to live somewhere in your life and not be fluent in the language. I think uh, David Sedaris has written about that, like living in Paris and not speaking French and why he chooses to do that. Uh Um, But for me, yeah, there's some times where I really, really wish I spoke the language. And this time isn't probably what you'd think. So I was at a Skia, which is like um, a beef bowl restaurant in my local town, and I was working. So I had like 40 minutes to kind of get in and get out. And it's only me and two other people in this restaurant and um, just doing my thing, you know, I'm not really paying attention to who's around me and wrapping up my dish and the guy next to me, a couple seats over, you know, finishes before me and he's like standing up kind of awkwardly, like shuffling around and there's no worker, which is kind of rare in Japan. Usually you're in shops and I would say they're almost always like overstaff, like there's like too many people oftentimes. Yeah. But for whatever reason, the guy who made our food for us, you know, went off to like the back kitchen and was gone for a bit and... This guy um, just says like "sumimasen," "sumimasen," but no one's no one's there, you know. And I wanted to like say to him, "Oh, I think he's like in the back kitchen or whatever." And I like I look over to the guy to try to like motion or something like that, and it uh, turns out that he's he's blind. So uh, I was you know my my hand gestures and stuff that I really rely on here, and I don't know how to say oh he's in the kitchen or whatever, you know, um, didn't work. So he's kind of like shuffling around and saying like "sumimasen" kind of quietly. And then another guy, like, tries to, like, tell him what to do, and he's ready to go too, and he gets up and goes over, and it's another blind guy, and these two blind guys don't know each other. They have no way of knowing that the other one is blind. What? But I know that they're both blind, and they're going around this restaurant trying (laughs) to find the guy, and I'm sitting there. (laughs) I I should so much be able to, like, explain the situation to them. I can see what's happening, right? Dude's in the back listen to the music you know getting the rice ready for the big rush oh my i can gosh. see the guy back there so i'm trying to like you know wait go up and wave him down too but they're really tight these restaurants so that the two guys are like kind of in my way and it was just like a comedy sketch routine oh, you know man. and they never i i just yeah i kind of like shuffled by them a little bit like more physically than i had to be just i couldn't explain the situation and basically i like went into the kitchen and like flagged the guy down and he was like what do you dude what are you doing in the kitchen and i was like okay okay like i need i just said i had to pay my bill so he comes out and he's cause i don't know how to explain right he's yeah. trying to like check me out but i still have food left and i'm like no no just them this them and ah, oh, it was like a disastrous <laughs> situation where there was like a five it was five minutes for these two blind guys were walking around like bumping around the restaurant trying to like oh, figure oh, out how man. to get out it was really a, yeah. a sad scene and like, try my best to help but it was messy so did you try english in that situation or did you not think of that at with time? those two people yeah yeah uh, they were like they didn't look like english speakers you know they're, they're, they're a bit on the old, older side and you never no, know. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I thought I'd add confusion to the whole scene. You know, throw in on top of all this, yeah, some dudes speaking English at them. Yeah, yeah. I I probably would have come to that conclusion as well, but yeah. I might have tried it just in case. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, that, that one's the the big one for me. Where like, yeah, I mean, you'll never f- find yourself in that situation. You know, it's pretty unique. That's why it's an interesting story. But weird things like that come up. You know, where it's just like, even if you weren't. You know, a foreigner, you spoke the language, it'd be kind of a strange situation. Yeah. But you add on top of it this this more difficult layer, and it hilarity ensues sometimes. Well, speaking of hilarity, yeah. I'm going to go into
0: another language uh, mishap. Yeah. Uh, get this nice segue into this story. Um, on my first visit to Japan, and on uh, subsequent visits, uh, I've used the toilets, and I've been a little nervous about using the bidet. Yes. If you ever come to Japan, you'll realize like a lot of the uh, yeah all the appliances and stuff you know rarely have English on them. Mm. So um, a lot of things will have English on them, but appliances usually never do. And a lot of times, toilets are not labeled uh, and are not exactly form friendly. So there's a lot of buttons, and you might not know what to do. Mm. And there's types of toilets that don't actually have like not, uh, the but the um. I guess you call it the handle to flush. Yeah,
2: yeah It's actually a yeah, half yeah. a button. Half
0: the button, button, button. Flush. Sometimes the buttons like on the wall, yeah. Yeah, and it might be written in kanji. So, um there was one, I think it was my second trip to Japan. I was using the toilet and um I looked for the flush, you know, the the handle, couldn't find it. Um and realized, oh, "Okay, there's only buttons here. I'm gonna have to press one button." And I had to make an educated guess. Now, most times there's a little photo of kind of like what it is like a little illustration or a uh, a graphic in this case it was just kanji and so I closed my eyes I hit a button and it was doing something and it was not flushing yeah and uh, I was standing up luckily and a stream of water just shoots into the into the wall oh I missed you yeah it missed me i was like by the wall like i was like pressed up against
2: the wall like (laughs) you know avoiding the stream the stream can get pretty hard i've seen this too (laughs) like it can like hit the ceiling it was was
0: hitting the top of the door of of, (laughs) of the toilet yeah Yeah. and um water was going everywhere and i was like oh no how do i stop it luckily you know universal stop sign is the square so Mm -hmm. i hit a button with the square and it stopped it but you know the damage was already done yeah. i mean the whole the whole toilet stall was soaked you know Did you and hit the toilet water i got i mean i'm, I'm sure i got hit a with some bit, of it yeah. yeah but uh luckily it wasn't anything serious <laughs> i was able to come out relatively unscathed mm. um you know as i've i've gone on i've, I've become a little more used to the day hotter, and i i realized like probably not as dirty as you know as i felt at the time yeah, yeah but uh yeah it was a pretty intense situation mm. and it's the kind of thing that like like i said sometimes it's uh with uh any appliance in your home it could be the washing machine or the sure. you know the heater or the you know you might hit the wrong button and yeah. then not know what to do next you know yeah
2: yeah, for sure uh yeah does you know that even if you can read the kanji and stuff sometimes this is a really different system here on the r- remote controls and they got a lot of remote controls for things that we wouldn't have before back home. Yeah. Like light switches. I have a remote control light switch, or um, the, my bath I can fill up from a remote control. So, yeah, but I mean, toilet's obviously the one where the most can go wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. So that's,
0: that's toilets. A lot of people have stories about pit toilets too, you know, where they, oh, they the go squatter, into the, the, yeah, the squats yeah. and uh, they go into a toilet out in the country or at a temple somewhere and all yeah. they have is squat toilets and then they, they have no choice but to use them.
2: Face the hood. Um, that's my advice there.
0: I've actually never, even in Korea and... have never Japan, used the... I've used, I've used squat toilets for uh, urinating, but yes, I've never yes. used squat toilets uh, for uh, number two, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. as they say. with uh reader mail it's a new segment that we'll be doing so if you want to ask us questions please write us at japan 2.0 at
2: gmail.com spell out point that's the important part you can and, send it anywhere you. That'd be the best to have it by email, but um, yeah, if you want to do it on Facebook or something, we'll, we'll get yeah. it. get to us. Yeah,
0: DM us on in- Instagram, and we'll we'll get back to you. Yeah. And, uh, if you have a good question, we'll read it here on Japan 2.0, and you That's
2: get right. to hear us give you a little shout out. So Trevor recently wrote us uh, at our <coughs> email, and he asked a couple of questions. Some of you know we just emailed back directly, but some we thought would make for kind of interesting. You know, a lot of people might have that question. One of them was about our favorite podcast of our own show?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. So he was asking um, which of our previous podcasts our we've favorites. done are our personal favorites. Yeah. Um, we've done a lot of podcasts now. I haven't mm-hmm. counted, but I'm thinking we're nearing 100 probably Yeah, pretty soon. So um, that's quite a few and uh there are a lot to choose from yeah and there's some i'm proud of and there's some that you know I, are there you some know, you don't like i i mean i'm sure they're perfectly fine but yeah. you know as a, a creative. creative you know yeah. um you're very critical of yourself and critical of your own work so uh, there's some that i might not go back to i won't name those Certainly? you have to you listen and I out. Yeah. Know.
2: <laughs> for me i don't mine's more of like a personal connection than probably the final product because I don't often listen to the final product you know if if Matt and I divide the editing work you know yeah so I'll listen like one time or something but uh, for me it's usually more like the if I can like remember where we were when we recorded it and the conversation because a lot of times these conversations Matt and I don't have them before the show because we want it to kind of be authentic and real you know yeah so we know our topic and we know a couple of like bullets we want to hit but um sometimes we'll save like he goes on vacation and we won't talk about it because we wait to do it on here you know yeah so for me those like kind of real conversations that we had just like you'd have with anyone that i are memorable those are generally kind of my favorites you know yeah um i would say that a lot of the podcasts where um uh your
0: your solo podcasts are are pretty good because um i can listen as a fan you know just like it's just like talking with you you know when, when i'm on my commute or something you know and i get to um uh, learn about fashion, you know the fashion podcasts are great, and then um of course you know your documentation of it, uh your cancer docu- oh, yeah. documentary uh podcast that you did um you know for me that one 's really powerful mm. um but uh there's just there's just a couple that I have like some sentimental value yeah and yeah. um yeah, and I think I have mine. do you have yours? I got mine yeah okay uh do you want me to go first, sure so, mine is A Conversation with Albert.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, it's an early episode we did, and uh, he talks about living Japan life in the 1970s, I believe. Okay. And um, I remember that one. I remember sitting... I just remember, really have vivid memories of recording uh that episode and having a really good time with you and Albert and having a really good conversation with him and it was great to see his perspective
2: and and hear about japan um, was that one how japan the title? has changed you remember the title of that was it i it believe it was uh, yeah changes changes yeah 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 so albert has been coming on here since the 70s yeah and um i think 70s right i think it was late 70s or early 80s late 70s that. early 80s yeah. maybe and it's always been like osaka based a lot of it so yeah i never know because he looks so young that's right I you know that's exactly right he's a chameleon um but yeah
0: but yeah that the, that episode that and then cool. the skate episode we recorded on the same date both held, hold a special place in my heart mm. you know um yeah i just remember having a terrific time recording those podcasts and um i really enjoyed listening to them so. Yeah, yeah listeners you know
2: definitely like albert he's a fan favorite so yeah we got to get him back on the, o- the pod we almost had him on he almost came out last this weekend. So yeah, yeah. Feel better, Albert. You have the flu a month later. Remember, remember that when this comes out. Um, feel better, Albert. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll hopefully have Albert on again if he will have us. Yeah. In his presence. Again. Maybe maybe we need to do a country western bar oh, review. Man. Yeah, what a country bar yeah. is like in Japan. That would be a good one. Um, yeah, that's a great one. For me, this is, again, one of our more popular ones in terms of listeners, but... This is something I'm passionate about, and I kind of almost even want to do like a follow-up episode on, which is convenience stores. I oh. think it was our second episode we ever recorded, yeah. second or third. Um, well, this, this episode kind of has a little conveni, uh, oh, conveni right. shout-out, right? But I, like, basically, we broke down the three major convenience stores, and then within those, we broke down like, some major products like alcohol or bento's or coffee, you know? And, uh, you know, the convenience stores are always changing, and we've lived here much longer, you know? And yeah, I have a lot more, years I a lot we'll more experience, episode. so we, we have all these kind of food ideas, too, where we want to, like, eat certain foods at multiple locations and, then like, review them on the spot, you know? So um, it might be fun to do some of the convenience store food like that. But yeah, that episode for me was just a lot of fun. It's something I'm really passionate about, and it was, like, cool to put some nuanced, minute knowledge that generally no one would want to hear about, <laughs> <laughs> but to sit down and be able to talk about that and have an audience, um, you know? I liked our Tokyo episode we did too we reviewed all the different neighborhoods of Tokyo yeah that one was like another one I really was looking forward to doing long before we did it you know yeah I had a lot to say so another one I always feel like I could go back and update and talk more about different areas a little bit deeper but we've done a lot of Tokyo episodes so sure sure but that original one where we uh, remember we had like Pizzicato 5 and we got to use the song Tokyo where they break down the neighborhoods and stuff uh, that was one of the ones I had in my mind you know for a while so it was fun to kind of get it out
0: yeah, a little second part of his question was um, uh, which other podcasts about Japan we listen to. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't listen to very many um, because uh, you want to be influenced. Oh, for one, I don't want to be influenced. And, uh, you know, I live the life, you know, at the same time, you know, I there, I have other interests. So, you know, I might want to listen to a, a comic book podcast or um, comics uh, uh, cartoonist kayfabe is one I really am listening to a lot. And, um, uh, you know, other, you know, the Daily by the
2: New York 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 Times, Times, right? The Japan Um, Times has their own kind of little, I want to call it the Daily because I think it comes out weekly. Uh, But look up the Japan Times podcast. They only have one. Um, That one, yeah, they cover like a big news story of the week. And they're trying to do like the New York Times style. Yeah, it's uh, it's second rate, but it's about Japan. So that's good. It's it's definitely good. So check that out um i still have a number that i listen to yeah i
0: still that being said there are a
2: few i do listen to yeah japanese history podcast which you told me about i think it's probably my most listened to it's one of the ones i get the most excited about i think it's just a point i am in my life where you mentioned like we live here now so there's not as much reason which is totally true i do listen to less japan podcasts but i wouldn't find myself listening to japanese history podcast i think if i was not living here yeah um yeah it's just trying to take that kind of knowledge to another level or like i feel ignorant sometimes when i walk around and hear about all oh, the edo versus meiji era. Which, which one is that again which one came first you know <laughs> yeah. and uh this podcast kind of helps me uh i still can't know, remember that <laughs> uh, edo was before meiji now i know thanks to the japanese history podcast yeah um but yeah now i know we're in rewa not because of that podcast <laughs> um but I made that mistake on the last. Yes, podcast. that podcast. Uh, the guy's delivery is a little bit dry, which is how Matt sold it to me. But he doesn't, you know, do like classic Japanese history. He'll often have really kind of cool perspectives. You know, he'll do yeah. an episode about the craziest female serial killer in all. Yeah, Japan yeah. Or era. crime, or or a history of like a samurai, like a particular samurai, or a legend of a samurai. He's been doing it for so long, so that he has to have like these really unique perspectives now. You know, because mm-hmm. he's kind of covered it all. Um, so, yeah, yeah, if you can kind of get over you know so like Gus, you know it's a bit low budget, uh, <laughs> but yeah, his delivery it's really good to listen honestly, I listened to it the fall, asleep a lot, uh, which might not be the best sell, but it's nice to just kind of zone out and I just you know remember where I left off and continue it the next day. yeah, so hopefully some of that knowledge is soaking in uh, recently I've, I've been listening to Curly and Kanzai, yep, which is gave um, a
0: couple listens. which is a, a podcast mm-hmm. uh, by two black women in Japan. Uh, in, Kansai, in Kansai actually, yeah. Yeah. which is, you know, close to home. And um they have some similar interests to us. They're music people and DJs and stuff like that. So um They DJ? You know, I appreciate yeah oh, yeah. No yeah, they throw a lot of parties at like um the Sauce Boss, which is a okay. it's a common like former uh foreign foreigner hangout. Mm. And they do some at other clubs too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh cool. yeah. They bring a unique pr- perspective and they they, they cover a, a lot of a lot of topics that you know like we we wouldn't have the authority to, to cover mm. or Um, I feel like, you know, they just do it a lot better. You know, a female perspective, a black woman's perspective, you know. They do a Um, video
2: for their podcast, too.
0: Oh, that's cool. So I guess you could get it on uh, YouTube. Yeah. YouTube video stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I recommend that one. I've been enjoying listening. Yeah, especially if you're in the Kanzai. Yeah.
2: I think we're the only two doing it. Yeah, Yeah. but they
0: they talk about like amusement parks and other things as well. Like I said, things that we might not necessarily cover, Mm -hmm. but. uh, but I find still find interesting. So mm. yeah, I'd say check them out. Give them a
2: give them a listen. There's one called Deep Japan, which is actually like when you listen to our podcast, it's the one that iTunes will like say like if you like this one, check oh, out these really? guys. You know, yeah. And I did think like when they were coming out, I was like, oh, do we have competition? But uh, he he always has a special guest on his show, and he's basically like an interview based show where he's always oh, interviewing okay. someone. It, it is really good. Um, more definitely if you live here it's not for like tourism you know it's made for I think people who are living here but he'll interview people like how they got their jobs or raising a family in Japan um that one's called Deep Deep Japan and it's one of the yeah not not that famous not that well-known but it's really well done high quality too last one I'll do is
0: the A4 Play podcast if you're oh, nice. into Japan games, games and yeah. Japanese video games mm-hmm. um it's a the only video game podcast for
2: uh fans of Japanese games. I would say, like, for me living here, I love that one. And at this point in my life, my favorite part of the show is actually the first 15 minutes before they get into video games. And they just kind of talk about what's been going on in their life in Japan. I like that more than their game talk these days because I always go to my wife and be like, oh, man, there's this new Mexican place they found. And, like, a lot of my favorite places in Tokyo i've found because of them and yeah. they have like good taste in food or they'll talk about uber eats trials and tribulations which i tol- <laughs> yeah, that's totally funny. feel i yeah. don't have anyone else who's doing a lot of that stuff to talk to you you know um so i'm always going to my wife and telling her things i learned from that show still so yeah um great
0: podcast and uh yeah we have one more question to get to uh this is the last question and it is which slice of life movies oh, yeah. have um have we enjoyed uh japanese mm-hmm. movies you yeah. know japanese slice of life movies is a it's a pretty common genre um you know it's a lot of sitting around a kotatsu or a table and long um, shots yeah after the action ends or dialogue ends you're still just watching people do their thing oftentimes focused on you know business people or households or family dynamics um and there are all sorts of different types i mean they could it, the genre does yeah, span yeah. and cross over Some are and all more that stuff mundane yeah mundane than others yeah yep. and um i got a lot so why don't you go first yeah i'll go first uh hopefully my uh, phone doesn't crash when i try to do do this again but uh the one that i liked is by director yoshihiro nakamura and it is um the foreign duck the native duck and god in the coin locker i always forget that i always just call yeah. it foreign duck native duck I, I call it the foreign duck, okay. and I just end it there. Yeah. That's why I had to read the title, and it fa- sounded a little shaky. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, that movie is something that you you told me about mm-hmm. uh, a while back. Uh, I believe we watched together? it in Korea yeah, together, yeah. At your house, and so. um, yeah, and it's one of those movies that's kind of stuck with me. Where you know, some movies you watch and you go, yeah, that was good. I enjoyed it. Mm. Um, we and we've watched some of those before. Uh, there was one about a underwear thief, and I'm trying to remember what that one was. Did you... I think we watched that together. I don't remember that one. Um, And, uh, well, it wasn't only about that. It was about superheroes and things. But um, maybe we didn't watch that one together.
2: Mm.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, um, Foreign Duck. The Foreign Duck is a great movie. It's It's about... Top um,
2: five Japanese movies. Yeah,
0: it's about a guy going to college. He meets uh, this... roommate i think it's his roommate and his roommate is telling him the story about this foreigner he used to know Mm. and um and uh, the trouble that he got himself into uh it has relationship troubles so there's a little romance in there it has like work troubles internal conflict internal conflict yeah and um there's a it's a it's a great movie i don't want to spoil anything because Mm. there is a bit of a surprise in there somewhere and um but yeah one of those movies that you know
2: you get the bob dylan song stuck in your head mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and his, his i mean yeah, he's a really great trippy. actor that guy he's so talk about slice of life he is just your regular dude like it's shocking how he made it in the film industry you know because he just looks like random dude sitting next to you at yeah. the star. Um, he feels like he'd be your roommate right yeah but the neighbor who's the the roommate you know He's really cool. He's a, he's a cool guy, you know. I like his styles a lot. He's been in a lot of cool, cool movies I've seen over the years. And I just think he's a really cool, like stylish guy. But the the main character, the you know, every everyday Joe um, is in another movie by the same director called Fish Story. And that one's about finding this old cassette tape. It's like a it's a mixtape. It's like, like a, a punk rock. A punk band, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, i I'm not the only to get a good copy of it, so I've just like watched like cuts of it from YouTube, which is not any way to see a good movie, you know. But I heard there is a English subtitle version out there. I think you just have to pay for it, you know? <laughs> I think I think it's only put out in England, only in the UK. So the issue is for me to get the uh, DVD copy of it. It'll play on my DVD player. Um, anyway, that one looks really great. I'm just rattling some off. My, my all-time favorite slice-of-life movie would be um, Adrift in Tokyo. We would watch that one together because I would love to watch that one. Is again. that the one with uh, uh, t- uh, Beat Takeshi? No uh but i'm gonna get into him actually after, after yeah, that yeah i drift in tokyo is a newer for me newer movie it's like late late 90s early 2000s and um the main guy's name is joe i'm gonna butcher his last name Joe something that starts in the o uh-huh. he's really interesting he studied out at usc i think Oh, and, uh, my cross-town rival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a really another cool kind of, kind of stylish guy. He's always got, he's got like, curly hair. And in that movie, he's just a really cool-looking dude. And Is that the guy you saw at Slices in Tokyo? No, that's uh, Asano Tanabu. But um, okay. yeah, th- this guy, Joe something, <laughs> um, Blake it out. It's just about, um, he's poor. He owns a loan shark, some money. And the loan shark, like big boss, says like, hey, look, if you just walk a day with me in Tokyo, you just go walk around, I'll pay off all your debts for you. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah. Like, it'll be fine I think he even says I'll give you like more
0: we did watch this I, I believe, believe we did like, watch this
2: together uh, okay you know and they legit just walk all over Tokyo and you know I love walking in Japan and it is a lot of just walking around you know focusing on the alleyways and stuff that I love but there are all these kind of crazy characters and there's obviously a story within that and um, just some of the conversations and the things that are talked about in the movie are like it's so real. Who would ever think to put that on film? You know, it's something that's so small, but those are those conversations that kind of stick with you. An example is uh, this old lady telling her coworker that if you like put a hanger on your head, so if you like open up the hanger, put it on your head, so like the hooks on like one side. She's like, "Why is it whatever side the hook's on, that your head will just naturally turn that way?" <laughs> and of course, I had had to try it afterward, and it's totally true. Whatever side you put the hook on, your head will just naturally kind of go that way. And my wife and I will do it to each other, so we can't see what side the hook's on. And your head goes that way. No way. Or another thing from that movie is if why is it when you smell the whorl of someone's hair that's like their essence? Like, if you ever go to like Matt's house, you yeah, know, yeah. someone's house has a smell. i remember in these details. If you, details you smel- smell the whorl part of the, the hair, like that's exactly the most concentrated version of that. If you come to I've Japan, tried it and it's true. I'll let you smell my hair. Smell, my <laughs> smell whirl. it, David. Our, when we do Patreon, uh, that'll be the highest tier. <laughs> yeah, smell the highest tier. <laughs> smell the whorls. Ah, uh, so that, that movie to me is like really uh-huh. holds a special place in my heart. It it is, you know, a lot of people wouldn't like it cuz it is so much slice of life. Yeah. I was give a couple. Of is this is this the one that Wes Anderson said he was going to do? Like
0: uh, a uh, like a um, variation on like a or I, something? I don't think so. Yeah. I thought he was going to take one of um I, I I had a right, feeling it, right. it might have been this movie oh, okay. where he was thinking of doing it in Paris, like Adrift in Paris or something, oh, okay. or, wow. or um, doing...
2: Or I've not there, heard many people talk about this movie, yeah, so yeah. that would be
0: crazy. Yeah. So there, there's a, somebody that wanted to remake this one. Oh, okay. um, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if it was him. I
2: know he wanted to do some Japanese movies. Trevor mentioned he really likes Linda, Linda, Linda. I think it's the same director who does Waterboys. So if you haven't seen Waterboys, check that out. It's about a high school... Um, water team yeah. like on a swimming team I guess Yeah, and they get a new coach in town and hilarity ensues that one's good um, and an anime slice of life ping pong the anime yeah. can't, can't recommend it enough Lots yeah. of long like summer shots. yeah uh, yeah Takashi Kitano's earlier works I, th- I honestly think he's the one that made the slice of life movie such a big deal here uh, granted Matt was saying you could go back to like Tokyo Story in the 50s but Takashi Kitano a lot of his earlier work was I remember it was like hard for me to watch some of it because the scene went in and then it's just like his family sitting at the dinner table like staring at each other for 30 seconds, 40 seconds. And that's just throughout a movie that's two and a half hours long sometimes. Yeah, they keep, they're a really good background. Like I threw them on the background a lot. There's one called A Scene at the Sea. It's about a surfer, a mute surfer. And there's like five lines of dialogue in the whole... <laughs> My friend actually could only get a Korean version of it. And he just like, don't worry, like whenever they talk, I'll just translate it for you because there's only like five lines in this whole movie. And we watched it together that way. Um, But yeah, go back. uh, Kikujuro is a great one by Takeshi Kitano. Slice of Life, Summertime, Focus, uh, Scene at the Sea is another good one by him. So some of his smaller movies, he used to be really, really artistic. Yeah, so I I think you kind of inspired us too to go maybe look at some of these movies and like do like a whole podcast yeah yeah I, you can learn I, a lot about japan from them
0: i'm gonna have a little more free time these days and um i definitely want to fill some of that with movies because i've been i'm behind in my movie watching yeah yeah, yeah. so
2: anyway. thanks again for the
0: questions yeah. and uh, yeah if anybody else has any questions please write us at japan 2.0 at gmail.com instagram or twitter And we're back. Yes, we are. And uh, we're talking about a few of our final embarrassing and yeah. awkward stories. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, David, would you like to start this one off? Sure. Dealing with bathrooms, yeah. moving in not much further from the toilet room, we go to the Sento, which is uh, like a bathhouse in Japan. And, um, uh, you know, I I love my onsen or sento. And the one I go to is pretty high-end. It's pretty nice. And that's the one I've been going to for years. And I sometimes forget if you go to the more kind of small local neighborhood ones. They're really, really cheap. You know, they're like 400 yen, 300 yen. you got to bring a lot of your own stuff, you know. They're not going to have stuff there for you. So, anyway, not really thinking about that. Actually, to be honest, this one particularly my friend brought me to because it's known to have a Yakuza clientele. So, he's like... You know, they have pretty impressive tattoos. It's like, you want to see those things, like, up close, like, rubbing elbows with them, literally. Um, come to this place with me, this sento. So we went, and it delivered. I got to see many Yakuza in the nude. In the, nude. Um, in the see, flesh. Yeah, yeah, see the <laughs> literally. tattoos. And it wasn't, you know, intimidating or anything like that. It was a little bit more than your average, you know, sento. But it was an interesting experience. But the embarrassment didn't come with any Yakuza fights naked in the water or any, like, uh, Russian bathhouse scenes or anything like that. It came actually when I got out, and it's time to come dry off, and totally realized that yeah, I didn't I didn't have a towel, and like we had plans to like go out to like Izakaya after, you know, and I think it's winter time too, so I'm soaking wet, got nothing, and uh, I'm just like I start to like you know what am I gonna do? I didn't bring a change of clothes or anything either, so I thought I could use like my clothes, you know, and just do it, but then I'll be soaking wet, so. My friend is still in there, you know, I came out. I'm, like, looking around, looking look, look around, and some, like, older Japanese guy next to me is like, here, take this, and he just gave me his, his towel that he had already <laughs> used. But I was like, ah, uh, we're totally butt, butt naked, you know, yeah, that yeah. just happened. I was like, Oh no, 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 and he's like, he's like he goes, I I, under, I understand, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> new new to Japan, right? And, of course, I lived there, like, two or three years at the time. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I had a nice uh, intimate bonding experience sharing a towel with a naked older Japanese man. So, always bring a towel to Sento. You might get lucky and they might have some there, but uh, yeah, just bring your own just to be safe. That's good advice.
0: Actually, the last time I went to a towel, I had to buy one there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. because uh, when I
2: went to Sento. This was a like I said, uh, I mean, the fact that it's full of Yakuza and stuff will tell you that it's a special kind of place. So, yeah. um, Yeah, they Mm -hmm. didn't have the vending machine thing a lot of them have. (laughs) Yeah, 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 that's
0: nice to have. Yeah um yeah that's a that's a good one i thought of one that was would have kind of been a good segue from your um your sukiya story okay um there was one day where my wife and i were watching movies at home and we heard uh honking behind our house and behind our house is train tracks there's a train that goes runs behind our house and so uh we were like oh my goodness you know something's on the track Mm -hmm. or something's on the track behind us and so we go out on our patio and we look down and the train is stopped and the guy is yelling the the conductor is yelling or something Mm. at somebody and he's honking the horn it's pitch black outside and um in the like from the light uh coming from the train we notice there's an old woman kind of like hugging a a telephone pole and Mm. um and the guy is talking with her and talking with her and and i guess she was close to the tracks or on the tracks or something she shouldn't be there there's no path walking that way you know i mean it's it's that area is reserved for train tracks right Mm. and uh so my wife and i were like whoa that's that's wild and then the train leaves and i was like she's still down there isn't she and so we were looking and we realized that the train the conductor didn't offer to take her inside the train or anything he Mm. just
2: told her to get out of the way Mm -hmm. and then he went off that's right, and usually they're very helpful. Like I kind of overstep their job duties, I think, of like helping individual people mm. who are in need sometimes. Yeah.
0: yeah, maybe she said she was home or something. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, we were looking and we were looking, trying to see. You know, like an, as our eyes were adjusting to the darkness, mm. like was she still down there? And sure enough, she was still hugging that telephone pole. And I was like, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> this is gonna fall fall upon us isn't it mm. and uh my wife and i debated uh, uh, for a minute like what we were gonna do mm. and i said you know what i'm just gonna go out there i'm gonna go get her so i grabbed my jacket and i went down there and uh i climbed onto the tracks and i, I went over to her and i, I said oh sumi you know like uh, do you need help mm. you know and and she was just like oh i'm i'm just you know going to my home is what she kept saying mm. and um and i was like no no your home is nigh nigh it's not this way you know please come with me and so um uh my wife was waiting uh, at the end of the tracks Uh and so uh i helped her back (laughs) onto the road and i said uh oh where where is your home you know Mm -hmm. like as what i was asking her Mm -hmm. and um i was using my best you know my wife and i were using our best japanese we possibly could but you know like right now i can't think of what home is i'm sure i relied on my wife for that one Mm -hmm. and um and uh she was like ah uh, i don't know and obviously she was suffering from some sort dementia. of dementia yeah.
2: and um we were kind of like at a loss of like where what to take her you know i'd be worried to help for that same purpose so like all right what if i go and probably what's gonna happen is yeah like, then what do i do you yeah know? yeah so, so I'm excited to hear. What... Well,
0: there's a police station that's not not ah, far from yeah. our home. And there's also a clinic that's right there <laughs> uh-huh. and uh, right by our home. Mm. So we, we decided to go in the clinic first to see if somebody could um, talk with her. Yeah. And so we walked her over to the clinic and they were closing up because it was already dark out and, uh, the women in the clinic, they were really helpful and mm-hmm. they, they could speak a little English. Mm-hmm. And so they were helping us, you know, we explained the situation. She can't find her home mm-hmm. and, uh, we don't know who she is. We just found her on the yeah. train tracks and they were like, Oh, oh yeah, yeah, we'll help her. We'll help her. Don't worry, don't worry. Yeah. And, um, and the, the woman was very grateful, you know, she was like, oh, thank you. You know, she mm-hmm. was really happy to see us and smile, a big smile at us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and that was an, a really awkward situation, you know, mm-hmm. like, I, I mean, trying to get the woman to safety and then uh, luckily no trains came during that time, but, mm-hmm. you know, uh, otherwise they would have stopped and probably honked at me a couple of times, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of those situations where, what do you do, especially when you're a foreigner and your Japanese isn't great, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, mm. you're, and you're working with somebody who's, you know, doesn't have their full, you know, their full wits about them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, man,
2: that's, uh, that's nice you helped out. Yeah. I that know. was that was an intense situation. I have one more. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll do one more after this. For me, this one, I think was before I lived here, and... I was walking around in summertime, July, like hotter than you can ever imagine. By I, like, I don't know, I've been in Japan on vacation, I gotta go out and live. So I'm doing the walk all day, all day, all day. I'm just drenched in sweat, probably smell horribly. But I still decided to go to like this nice department store. It's actually uh, Grand Front, Osaka. And there's a Swedish jean company I like called Nudie Jeans. Mm-hmm. And um, they're, at the time, this is like 10 years ago, they were really, really big. And there weren't many shops, in, at least outside of Europe, that I knew of. So I was kind of, like, excited to, like, just try on these jeans. You know, I'd seen them online to see what they're all all about, you know. (coughs) So to be honest, I kind of just wanted to go in and browse. And I always know if I'm not going to buy, like, I hate wasting people's time and stuff. You know, I don't like just. I'm getting better about it now. But at that time, I wouldn't go try stuff on just for fun, you know. Um, But I knew they wouldn't. I thought in my mind, there's no way they're going to have my length. You know, I take, like, a 34 length, and in Japan, they're not going to have it. So the guy, like, asked me, and normally I would just say, oh, no, I'm just looking, but I just said the size and thinking that I'd say no, and that'd just be, like, one way to end that conversation. But now he comes out with, like, tons of jeans in that size and all different colors and stuff, and I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll try them on. So I go to try them on. And they do this thing in Japan. This is kind of what I'm getting to. Is like when you go in the dressing rooms here, um, you your toes or your feet, you have to take off your shoes. Would be pointing towards whatever room you're going to. And places with good service will come and readjust your shoes for you and do a 180 on them, so that when you walk out, you can just walk right into them. You know? Yeah. Well, the thing is, I never wear shoes that you can just walk right into. You know, I just have the most complicated, weird you know <laughs> lacing systems on all my yeah. shoes or buckles. Until and stuff. now, right? Yeah, I've started to change a little bit. But um, yeah. So anyway, like as I step out, like I take my foot on the floor. I've never like I had left like a foot. My feet were like leaving footprints. Like that's how bad the sweat was. There was like a pool of sweat like in the shoes, you know? Oh man! And as I'm in there, I could legit smell myself. I'm not usually a stinky person. Like it's very rare that I can remember this situation because it's not really happened that much. I'm like, man, I smell horrible. I feel bad that even me trying these jeans on, you know, and as i'm like looking out there's like a little gap you know from like the door the dude is like sticking his hands in my shoes to, like turn them around and i was just like no no don't touch those and i was so embarrassed and i just remember thinking like oh he's gotta be dogging me like to his coworkers or something like oh, man. dude's nasty smelly feet and um i just remember like yeah when i like walked out i like, didn't want to make eye contact i was just so embarrassed that the guy has to like touch my shoes and turn around when they Smelled horrible, you know. And oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, not used to the humidity. This is a, a common problem. I mean,
0: I have this all the time. I'm a pretty sweaty guy just in general, and yeah. I always show up to like, if I want to try and clothes and stuff, I'm like, nah, I can't do it today because yeah. I was just walking outside and it was
2: like a million degrees. And yeah, the, but I covered in sweat a lot, like the whole shoe thing, you know. I'm like, oh man, yeah, my my shoes smelly today, and someone's gonna touch them and turn around. If, oh, whatever. I mean, yeah. I'm sure it happens somewhat often, but yeah i'm was, sure was, they've seen worse yeah you know, I was, like I, was, I mean if you imagine yeah
0: like if you can imagine i'm sure they've seen seen some yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: anyway bad situation that's the small one i went from uh best to worst in yeah. my order but anyway but <laughs> well, i'll do this last one i was debating whether to do one that's a little
0: more intense but i think i'm gonna go with the light-hearted one okay uh i like to go to cat cafes it's a you know one of my my things i do every so often and there's one in uh one of our favorite neighborhoods uh shimakita zawa in tokyo and uh it's a cat cafe that i go to um usually once a year we didn't go last year um, but there's a cat there named Ponchi and it's our favorite cat. Mm. Uh, he has so much personality, you know, like some cats, you know, they at cat cafes want nothing to do with anybody mm. and some like attention. And uh, and rarely you find one where a cat likes attention and he, he'll come up to you and, yeah. you know, spend time with you and stuff. So we go to this cat cafe, um, the women work in there, they're all very petite and cute, you know, like girly girls. Mm-hmm. And um, they have all these cats, you know, cats everywhere, and they have good tea and stuff. So we sat down, started drinking our tea. Our favorite cat, Ponchi, comes up to us, you know, we haven't seen him in a year. My wife and I are mm-hmm. super excited, uh, uh, but not as excited as Ponchi. Wow, he remembered so, you. Ponchi came over. He had like a, there was a blanket like on a couch nearby us when we were sitting on the tatami floor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he came over to us. He jumped on the couch. You know, we were petting him a little and taking photos of him and stuff. And the woman came over and she was talking with us. She was very friendly. And she had a very high pitched, you know, Japanese voice. Like, oh, punchy, you know, punchy, good punchy. And then she would come back and, you know, is everything okay? You know, and things like that. And uh, I don't want to really imitate her voice yeah, too yeah, much, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but the, it is part of the story. Yeah, so, I was going to say, hey, it must be. Yeah. Uh, we were drinking our tea, and we turn over, and Ponchi looks a little funny. Mm-hmm. He's getting a little comfortable with that blanket up there. Mm-hmm. Like a little too comfortable with the blanket. Yeah. And, is uh, he a boy,
2: Ponchi? Boy, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, okay. Ponchi's
0: yeah. a boy. Yeah. And we were going, what is Ponchi doing? And Ponchi definitely was... He was pleasuring himself yeah, (laughs) Yeah, on the the blanket. And it wouldn't have been so bad. Like, I mean, that's just like a normal thing. Animals, anytime you're around animals, that's what you do. But then the woman came over and she just kept saying oh,
1: Ponchi. <laughs> <Like that. laughs>
0: and this high pitch, like, oh, Ponchi,
2: you know, <laughs> like she was somehow enjoying it. Like she
0: was laughing and it was, I couldn't tell if she was enjoying it. If or she was embarrassed face, yeah. or a safe face or like, he's just, this is just his behavior. It something. must happen often. And, uh, <laughs> so Emily awkward. and I were laughing so How so long did that much. Last
2: when she kept oh when she was doing
0: it? for like a couple of minutes and we we were just laughing and saying, "Oh Ponchi is really happy right now <laughs> <You know>? uh, <laughs> and yeah. uh uh it was just yeah it was just one of those things that you know yeah. yeah it always sticks with you and it was very awkward and uh I just remember the reaction of the woman was just yeah over the top yeah yeah, yeah awesome so cool yeah you never know where an awkward situation will happen or something embarrassing might happen or or mm. something funny might happen you know mm-hmm. it's whenever you come to a foreign country you always expect the unexpected that's right
2: that's right um well yeah i think overall you know just um if you're Traveling out here, you might want to just look up some of the. If you if you care, I mean, hopefully you care. Yeah. Some people just don't care. I, I see other small things a lot, like um, one of my favorite coffee shops. I was just there recently, and it is kind of big with the tourists, and they're saying like the whole like, ah, oh, can I get like a soy? Hold the hold the sugar, and like trying to really oh, yeah, customize yeah. the order. Customizing your push, order and, will um, create awkward situations. I, I do remember know <laughs> on the states that was something that was kind of common. You'd hear people doing it, especially kind of. I mean, I'm a coffee person, but. You get your Starbucks people, you know, and they love saying lots of special lingo and stuff in the orders. And I just remember, like, as they were, like, pouring it, they were doing it, too. So it wasn't even during, like, the order. As they were making the coffee, I guess the customer saw, um, they were non-Japanese, uh, they saw, like, something they didn't like, too much milk or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And they're trying to, like, tell them and, like, blurt in. And they're just legit, like, God ignored It's kind of like a, a high-end, like, you know. Coffee shop. Bit yeah. of like, special place, you know. And people are just legit; just won't even look at them. They're just pouring it still. And I think, from the customer's perspective, it could have be seen as like rude or bad service. But I know for me, like I again, I came very close to like stepping in and be like, "No, nah, you can't do that. I you think just gotta ne- take your order, man. Come on." Like, yeah, neither
0: you or I are the kind of people that would ask to um, change something on an order, or, really. Or like, if I get a wrong order, I, if if it's not egregious, yeah. I won't even send it back. You
2: know, honestly, in Japan, I'm that the, kind of person. I, I think the Western perspective would be like, but. I want to give them my business and if they can make it the way i want it then i'll come back here again and wouldn't they want to know that yeah. but to be honest no in japan it'd just be like if you don't like it the way we make it here then just go you can find somewhere that would do it the way you want it and that's not like rude or anything like that it's just real and that's how it is and it's not like get out of here if you don't like my food but it is kind of like i think it has to do with like the artisan
0: nature of things you know like the people feel like yeah and this is the right ratio the best you know right they they've come to this um this place where their coffee tastes good in this way Mm -hmm. and they expect to make it that way you know because they've been doing it that way for years Mm. and if you want a coffee like that yeah then then but go get go it. To Starbucks. I think at Starbucks, <laughs> yeah. yeah at Starbucks, are going to be a little more... Oh, it's uh, the western yeah. French i Western yeah, yeah. So this
2: place is a local You know. Place. Yeah, but local places, yeah, I wouldn't do that. But I see that happening you, somewhat often with people traveling I'm out cool. here. They go in and I'll ask just kind of a million, you know. If you want to ask about allergies or something like that, definitely, you know, of course, do that. And you what could always be? ask
0: for milk on the side if you get coffee. Because a yeah. lot of times they won't give you milk right away right. or they won't have like the little milk packets or anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you could t- say... Uh, I forgot what it was it what is milk uh, you knew you
2: knew yeah. I guess you uh, anyway. uh, cream or milk yeah, milk yeah. Milk. so yeah that's uh, some things to look out for um, you know if you live here I'm sure you have some of your own stories maybe write in and get enough of them we'll yeah that's for, right for a segment uh, uh, yeah and
0: listener questions or we could do also do listener comments so if you have mm-hmm. um, your own stories you know something awkward that has happened to you yeah mm. please write us and let us know that's right yeah well we've um, already mentioned our social media yeah yeah so we're yeah all over the internet at japan 2.0 spell out point um do we have any awkward songs for a song of the show i can't think of something awkward who's the most awkward japanese artist that we know maybe it's a good time for some yukari fresh
2: yeah yeah fantastic cat we've done fantastic
0: cat (laughs) oh that one's uh um, is that not her uh, um minakawa okay all right um uh, yeah let's do a yukari fresh song i'm not sure which one i'll 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 choose but it'll be definitely be in the show notes so uh yeah i hope you enjoy yukari fresh and uh thanks for listening to japan Mm 2.0 make sure you rate us and review us anywhere where you find your podcasts that's right stay awkward
2: Peace.
1: Yep. Yeah.